Hi, my name is Cameron Maciel. And I'm Chuck Maciel. And this is Big Island TV, episode two. On this episode, we're gonna be talking about the home buying process and things that you should be doing before you even consider buying a home. Um, before we start, I'd like to talk about the things that we actually have going on in island. Um, in Hawaiian Paradise Park on the Big Island of Hawaii, uh, we have a, our Ilahia home style, which is a three bedroom, three full bath, two car garage, driveway, one acre property. Um, the home is 1,500 square feet living, um, large living room, large kitchen, and a um, great size lanai on the front of your home. Um, and a couple of properties down from that home, we actually have our Lahala design, which is a 3,000 square foot home under the roof. And that has three bedrooms. It's a split floor plan. So you have your um, master bedroom on the opposite side of the house from away from the two other bedrooms. That one's a two bath, large living room, large dining section, and a very large kitchen, built-in entertainment center. And um, we, we hope to have that one completed by January. By January. That one's in construction. Our Ilahia is actually listed on the market right now for $329. So if anyone wants any any more information on those details on getting a showing um, we'd be happy to set that up for you um, so to get into episode two here um, what is the typical home buying process a typical home buying process is where the, the main thing that people need to do before looking for a home they need to go get qualified they need to find out how much of a home they can buy um, because it doesn't make any sense to be driving around looking at a bunch of homes if you don't even know if you can afford them. And a lot of times a realtor won't even talk to you until you get pre-qualified for a loan. And being pre-qualified means that you've gone through the process of going to the bank or a mortgage broker and giving them the information they need to tell you exactly based on your economics how much of a home you can afford. Um, and that's a starting point for everybody. So. Best you know that starting point, so you know how much of a home you can buy. So it makes no sense to be looking at homes unless you're dreaming. No sense looking at four, five, six hundred thousand dollar homes when you only qualify for two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand. The the important thing about it is is most people go on day by day by day and they don't know what that number is and and and, and they always think I can't afford a, I can't afford a home I can't afford a home. But yet, if they took the time out, which doesn't cost them any money, okay, and that's what that's that's an important thing that people need to understand. Go into your bank and talk to them. They're 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 not going to hook into you, okay? They're going to ask you questions. They're going to want information. Give them the information they need, because they're trying to help you find out what you can buy. And whether you go with a bank, traditional bank, or go with a mortgage broker. They're gonna ask you the same question, you know, what your income is, what's your credit score. They'll run your credit score, they'll find out what your bills are, and they'll, after spending the time with you and finding out the details of, of your, your financial situation, they can come back and tell you, hey, based on your information, you qualify to buy X, $250,000 home, $300,000. Now you have a starting point. You are farther ahead than most people, because most people won't take the time out to go find out. But once you do, now you know where you stand. Now you know what you need to improve. 
Now you know you, what you need to increase. Um, so that's that's step number one that's important. So step number one is to basically figure out what I'm qualified for. Absolutely. That should be the smart first step. First step. Buying a new home. So first you step. mentioned these these banks and these mortgage brokers. What's the difference between a bank and mortgage broker? Okay, so throughout the country, every state has a nationwide commercial bank. So most people should be familiar with Bank of America. You know, and you would think with the name Bank of America, they would be throughout America. And in most cases, you're right. They're in most states, but they're not in every state. And that's important to know because in the state of Hawaii, we don't have any mainland banks. Mm. So Wells Fargo, Chase, we don't have those in, in, in Hawaii. We have Is that on all the islands of Hawaii? On all the islands, yeah. So all the islands of Hawaii, they have their own banking, which is going to be, you know, there's probably about a dozen different banks, but the main ones that we work with that we're familiar with is First Hawaiian Bank, Hawaiian National. Um, you got credit unions here as well, and they specialize in Hawaii. So if you are on the mainland and you want to buy a house in Hawaii, you need to find out if your local bank or local mortgage brokers can't even make a loan in Hawaii. And if they can't, then you don't want to waste your time with that. I mean, first question is, is walking to the bank and saying, hey, I want to buy a house in X area. Can you do a loan? And they'll be able to tell you yes or no, whether they're licensed to do mortgages in those states, mm -hmm. okay? Because there's some banks that are only licensed in their own state. Because every state also has their own private banks, which would be a localized bank. Um, you got the big commercial banks like Wells Fargo and Bank of America and Chase, but then you got local banks that, you know, Bank Comer, like in California, you know, we got Valley Bank and, and Bank Comer. Those, those are local centralized banks. And every state has their own local uh, town banks. Um, then you have mortgage brokers. So the difference between the two, between a traditional bank and a mortgage broker, is a traditional bank is kind of like a convenience store. You go in a convenience store and you buy a number of items. So when you go to a traditional bank, they have checking account, savings account, money market accounts, they have investment uh, vehicles, they have other instruments of investing, and they do mortgages as well. Um, but when you work with a mortgage broker, they only do one thing and one thing only, and that's making mortgages. So. In a traditional bank, you have a number of employees. You got the teller, you got the bank managers, you got loan officers, you got loan processors, and those people get paid by the hour. So when you when you go to a traditional bank and you talk to a a loan officer or a person who's gonna set you up with a loan officer, you're dealing with an employee. Okay, they get paid no matter what. Whether you get a loan or you don't get a loan, they're getting paid. So the motivation with them is not really a strong motivation, okay? Yeah, they wanna make the loan, but if they don't, well, sorry. Yeah. Whereas if you're dealing with a mortgage broker, if they don't make the loan, they don't get paid. Wow. So they're, they're a lot, they, they have more motivation to, to helping you get a loan, okay? So with that being said, like just what I'm thinking right now, what you just said with a mortgage broker, if, if they don't give us the loan, then they don't get paid. So um, 
that could actually scare a lot of people maybe. So Absolutely. It, could could a mortgage broker actually put someone in a financial like like downfall because they, they're thinking about their side and only their side, or are they gonna do what's best for the buyer? Well, and, and here's where I'm hoping that we can educate the, the consumer, okay? Because yeah, there there's there has been times where where mortgage brokers as well as traditional banks have done this where they promoted programs that the government has established. And, you know, it's not, it's, here, here's one of the biggest things. It's not the banker's job, unfortunately, to educate you as a consumer. That's not their job. It's their job to sell, whether it be a savings account, a checking account, a mortgage, money market account, or a CD. Their job is to sell that. And a mortgage broker, you know, their job is to sell a mortgage any way possible. But they can't sell you something that's not available. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're gonna make up something. Now, this is where I'm hoping that, you know, through this educational video, that we can actually help people become a ver a better consumer. Yeah. And and, and ask the right question. Ask the right Get question. The right answers. Understand what you're being sold. Yeah. Understand what you're being presented. Understand the, the 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 fine print of what you're dealing with here, and 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 a lot of it happens is that people get caught up in euphoria where they're just excited about getting something, and they don't look at the details, and then they find out a year later, oh, we just got messed over, and what do we do about it? And the mortgage broker they made their money, they moved on. The bank made their loan, they moved on. They don't care. The funny thing about it is, is that a lot of mortgage brokeraging companies sell the loans to the traditional banks. Uh -huh. That's what's really funny. And it's like, wait a minute, why did this traditional bank give me the loan when this mortgage broker got me the loan and the traditional bank bought the loan? Why am I making my loan payment to this traditional bank? Why did they make it to begin with? And that's because the criteria and the motivation of the people that are getting the loan yeah. may not have, the, the banks have set up. The banks have many other outlets that they can focus their time on. So it's like one of those things that having a mortgage broker, that's all they're doing. So it's probably in the best suit for the bank to um, just focus on the checking accounts, the saving account, getting credit cards. and Absolutely. Even like car loans and stuff like that. There's, Absolutely. There's many different outlets for a bank to go to. Right. So um, with your personal experience in buying and selling real estate for the past 30 years, what would you recommend, a bank or a mortgage broker? Okay, so the challenge for me is that when I bought my very first home, I bought it through a traditional bank. Okay. And it was a long process and it, it, it took a couple of months to make the process happen. And it's because of who, with the bank, who I was working with, you know? They were basically an employee that were just doing the, the process. And again, like I said, they're getting their paycheck whether I get a loan or I don't get a loan. There's not a lot of, lot of motivation on that. So. Fortunately for me, I was able to get the loan. And as a result of that, you know, when I got my second and third loan, you know, you would think that it would get easier. And it's funny because it actually got harder working with a traditional bank. And a lot of it is because they don't understand investors, okay? And that's a whole nother realm of, of, of a topic that we could talk about for investors or a second home buyer. But, you know, we wanna be, a, right now is educating first-time home buyers to what they need to be aware of. And for me, I didn't have anybody to coach me along the way. 
to know there was other options out there. So when I got to my fourth home um, and I started noticing that the banks were being more and more difficult and more challenging, I started researching, there's gotta be another way, another better way. And that's when I got exposed to mortgage brokeraging and learning that mortgage brokeraging, they don't get paid unless they do a loan. Wow. So, so they're more on top of things, they're more expedient on things, they're more like, hey, I need this paperwork now, get it in here, we need to go get it going. We're in a traditional bank, it's like, you don't hear from them, and it's like, hey, what's going on? Oh, um, let me look you up. What was your name again? Whereas in a mortgage broker, they're like, oh, Cameron, yeah, dude. Some we need this paper. Connection. We need this stuff. Let's get it going now. Yeah. Because they're looking at, if we don't get your loan, I don't get paid this month. Absolutely. And I need to get paid this month. So, so they're more motivated because that's all they specialize is, is that loan. So you would recommend going through a mortgage broker? I would. I would recommend a mortgage broker um, because I think they're a little more tuned to getting the loan. Okay. So um, now you mentioned before that Hawaii doesn't actually have any of the any mainland banks, right. like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, and all that. So um, if someone was wanting to move to Hawaii, um, what would be some of their options if none of their banks or mortgage brokers in their state allow them to get a mortgage in Hawaii? Okay, well, first of all, if that's the case, if they want to move to Hawaii, they're going to want to ask their, their bank first, hey, do you guys do loans? Are you licensed to do loans in Hawaii? And it's going to be a yes or no right off the bat. Yeah. If it's that a should no, be the first question. That should be the first question. Um, if they go to a mortgage broker, you know, again, hey, look at them. I'm wanting to buy a house in Hawaii. Are you licensed to do loans in Hawaii? It's a yes or no. Yeah. So, so what we want to be is we want to be an avenue for people to get information. And what we'll do at MarcelHomes.net is actually have some links on there that with the local banks, if, if people are fixed on dealing with local banks, which we got no problem with that, yeah. or if they want to work with mortgage brokers, you know, we'll, we'll give them the information that they can contact these local banks or local mortgage brokers that specialize in Hawaii. Perfect. And then they can work with them on making that transition to Hawaii if that's where they want to come. Or if you live in Hawaii, yeah. Here again, this works for people that live in Hawaii. You know, you may be dealing with, you know, Hawaiian National Bank or First Hawaiian Bank, you know, and, and, and you feel like they're not really helping you along. Talk with a mortgage broker. Absolutely. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't cost you anything to talk to, to any of these people. But what it does is it helps you get to your goal. So whether you're in Hawaii and dealing with local banks, or mortgage broker, it's the same process. If you're in another state of the, of, of the United States on the mainland, it's the same process. So buying a house in Florida, Kansas, California, Oregon, it's the same process of buying a house there as it is in Hawaii. There's no difference in the process. The process is the same. Wow, perfect. So we talked about the fact that you should probably um, talk to your banks to see what you're qualified for and we went into details on the difference between banks and mortgage brokers uh, we got your own opinion on the experience that you've had for the past 30 years in real estate buying and selling on which one to choose which one would be the easiest and um, now we've kind of discussed that if you're looking to actually move to Hawaii 
um, because in our first episode, we actually discussed that Hawaii is affordable, the big island affordable town. Absolutely. Too. And we kind of want to spread the word about that, that the big island of Hawaii can be the fifth sister state of California. Absolutely. So if you're one of those folks that want to actually get out of California, Hawaii could be an option for you. And um, he, he mentioned that um, muscleholmes.net will be an outlet for um, looking at contact information for um, banks here on Global banks and um, mortgage brokers here on banks. Yes. So um, we'll have all that contact information on muscleholmes.net and hopefully in the near future, maybe we could even set it up to where we can actually do our own research and connecting other states and figuring out what states actually do work with Hawaii. So Absolutely. It's, an, it's an easier, um, it's an easier process for the consumer. Right. Um, so, um, on the next episode of like Big Island TV episode three, we we actually want to go into the next detailed steps of the home buying process. There's a lot of terminology like PITI, uh, impound account, uh, closing fees, escrow fees, escrow accounts. You know, the, the, there's a lot of things that, that in, in the process of talking with a traditional bank or a mortgage broker or even talking to an escrow officer that, that they will talk in their terminology that they're completely comfortable and familiar with. But you as a consumer, being a, especially a first-time home buyer, you're not familiar with these things. So it's kind of like when you're talking to a loan officer at the bank, or you're talking to a processor at a, at a mortgage company, or you're talking to an escrow instructor, you know, they're, they're talking and you're kind of just nodding your head. They're thinking you understand what's being said. And yeah. then you end up going home. It's like, did you understand that? what the heck were they talking about? Yeah. I'm more confused than before we walked in. And we've actually experienced that ourselves here on Island. Absolutely. Talking just, with people just recently, actually, I mean the past two weeks, a lady on the street that actually lives across the street from the house that we're building, um, she stopped and asked, who, who's selling this home? Who's building this home? Um, can I buy this home? And we gave her our um, our scope on the process, and she, she went out on herself, and she talked with her mortgage broker, and she herself came back, and she's like, he threw so many terminologies at me and I don't get it. And we actually broke it down for her. So this is not some this is some this is not something new to us. We've no. actually experienced that these are real problems and they're problems that need to be solved. And that's mainly because the individual that's looking to buy a new home, they they um, they don't want to ask the questions. Well I, I think a lot of the times is that they, they think they're gonna ask the wrong question. Yeah. Or they think they're gonna ask a redundant question. And they're intimidated by it. And, and, and I'm hoping that what we can do here is we can take the scenarios that first-time homebuyers, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be a first-time homebuyer. We could be talking to second-time homebuyers, and they're still just as confused. Yeah. Only because they didn't get it the first time, but they know they want to move, and now they're like, okay, well, let's, I guess, do it again. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the funny thing about it is that most people don't understand that in this day and age, most people who buy a home will actually buy two or three homes in their lifetime because things change, mm -hmm. whether it be uh, family size changes or, you know, in-laws move in or they're downsizing or upsizing a home, they will end up buying another home. 
Where, get tired of California? Or get tired of California? <laughs> Absolutely. Too many people in one library. You want to get out of it. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's one of the biggest things is that we want to try and educate to have a better consumer that if we can sit here and break down all the terminology that's used in the financial industry for buying a home and, and the consumer can educate themselves with the information we give them, that they can actually be in front of a mortgage broker. And when the mortgage broker talks about PITX, they know what that means. Wow, okay. When they talk about an impound account, they know what that means. Yeah. When they talk about closing costs, they know what that means. Because that's one of the big confusing things too. They'll say, well, yeah, it's a no money down loan, okay? <laughs> but you need closing costs. Well, wait a minute, you said it was a no money down loan. Well, it is. Well, how can it be a no money down loan if I gotta give you money? Yeah. Well, that becomes the closing cost. And the thing about it is that people don't, we wanna get into the details of that. Because that closing cost is basically you putting money into a savings account. It's your money for you. You just don't understand that or know that because they're not explaining that. And that's what I'm hoping that we can take every little piece of this. So this sounds like there's a down. lot there's a lot of detail going into each specific terminology absolutely in buying a home and it sounds like we have a ton of information to share with you in episode three. And we really hope that you liked episode two. Um, we know Thanksgiving's coming up, so we wanted to come out with a, a, a very short episode this week and basically um, get this information out there so you can look forward to episode three and have us actually explain all this terminology for you in detail. Absolutely. So, I mean, thank you for watching episode two of Big Island TV. I'm Cameron Maciel. And I'm Chuck Maciel. Have a happy Thanksgiving and the rest of your night. Happy Thanksgiving.